Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. All right, two weeks ago, we spoke with Dr. Anders Aslund, one of the world's premier economic advisors to governments, and he's a former advisor to the Russian government, 1990 to 1994. I think it was Boris Yeltsin in those days, and the government of Ukraine later in 94 through 97. Uh, Dr. Aslund is tweeting, the Russian people should consider eliminating Vladimir Putin, and his book is Russia's Crony Capitalism. So well, let's ask Dr. Aslund to assess Putin's actions and how badly Russia is being harmed by international sanctions. Dr. Aslund, good to have you back. And, uh, and you tweeted, when a war has started, nobody de-escalates. The villain will escalate. Then the good forces also have to escalate. Negotiations can only become meaningful when the villain realizes that he's losing. At what stage are we now, do you think? Uh, thank you very much for inviting me again. Uh, President Zelensky uh, just uh, sent out uh, a message that uh, 31 uh, uh, tactical battalion groups have now been taken out. That's about one third of the Russian troops uh, of 190,000 men that uh, came into Ukraine. So the Ukrainians are doing extremely well uh, against uh, massive military uh, machine. So another two weeks, and if I take out as much, then uh, the Russian uh, attack doesn't hang together. It is difficult to understand, is it not, just from a human perspective, how anyone can order the kind of indiscriminate violence against civilians that Putin has ordered his military to carry out against the Ukraine's civilians. And it's difficult to understand how any supposedly professional and organized military would carry out those orders. Well, we have seen this before. Putin did it in uh, uh, the Chechen capital of Grozny uh, in, in the early 2000s. He did it uh, in Aleppo in Syria in 2015. This is really according to his playbook. Putin has no human values. He is he's ready to kill however many people he thinks is necessary. And the human losses in Ukraine already in two weeks are probably in the order of 20,000 people. And of these two thirds Russian soldiers, one third Ukrainians, most of all civilians. The Ukrainians now uh, admit to 1,300 uh, Ukrainian soldiers killed. Yeah, you ask a question on Twitter that I'm sure many people ask. I've asked myself in the middle of the night when I've been watching what's been going on, and I do very little else these days than watch what's going on in Ukraine, but you ask why the Russian people, all of them, don't storm the Kremlin and take out Putin. You, uh, you... You wrote, how can they allow that tyrant to send so many Russians to death? What is it about? What is it about? You understand uh, government and government leadership and, and, the, and the pecking order within government. Uh, Dr. Aslan, what is it that allows him to continue to operate as he's operating? Many factors. Of course, Putin has extraordinary security. And uh, he lives essentially in bunkers. Uh, and uh, in, uh, we don't know where he is most of the time. Is he in Sochi? Is he in the Kremlin? Rarely. 
uh, in Valdai, which is a favorite uh, residence, or uh, somewhere else. Yes, altogether 15 of, uh, different official residences that we can circulate uh, between. So he's really uh, living like uh, uh, an emperor. And the security is extraordinary around Putin. We can see now that when he has an official meeting with government ministers and the Security Council, either people are sitting 10 meters away from him at the, uh, the end of a long table, or he only has uh, a, a virtual meeting with uh, television screens. This is clearly a man who's... Uh, uh, has uh, quite advanced uh, uh, paranoia. But paranoia is uh, good for dictators if they want to survive. Just think of um, of uh, Stalin. Of course, yeah. There are examples in the world. Let me just take you into your professional wheelhouse, and that's economics. How bad, looking at the sanctions that have been brought against Russia, those sanctions aren't going to stop what's happening on the ground now. We all know that. But how bad is Russia's situation now? Much of the world has turned on them, and sanctions have arrived and continue to arrive from every compass point. How bad is it for them? Extremely bad. So all of a sudden, Russia has uh, gone to the stage of uh, North Korea. It's becoming that uh, isolated. It's very, very sad to see. But the problem is uh, uh, Vladimir uh, Putin. So uh, what is the aim now of the sanctions? It's no longer a deterrent. Uh, Putin doesn't care about his people uh, or their standard of living, not even about the size of the economy. So it's really just to cut down the economy so that he can't maintain his large military and uh, other repressive uh, expenditures any longer. That is the, uh, the aim uh, uh, today. And how bad will it get? Uh, well, the forecast change by the day. Uh, in the uh, early this week, I said a 10 to 20 percent decline. When I look up on uh, Venezuela, that has similar uh, sanctions from 2016 to 2020. GDP in Venezuela during those years fell from 16 to 35 percent a year. So the Russian economy is uh, really crumbling down. Uh, and how it's being done? It is you can't trade. Uh, uh, with Russia any longer. You can't uh, uh, fly. I hear from my friends in Moscow, the only two places they can fly to now are uh, Yerevan in Armenia and Istanbul in uh, Turkey. Everything else is uh, closed. Nor can they get any, any, any visas uh, anywhere. Uh, liberal uh, Russians who don't like Putin are just fleeing as fast as, uh, as, uh, as they can. But they can't take out money because their credit cards are no longer valid. The bank accounts are pretty much closed. You cannot take out $10,000 and that's all. So the Russian liberals, the middle class, are just in complete panic now and looking up on everything around them that they have built for the last 30 years is just collapsing. But that doesn't influence Putin. Yeah. And uh, I was quite surprised to find out last week that in Russia, a population of, I think, 165 million, only 100,000 families have a combined family value or wealth, if you will, of $1 million. 
So that's that means the significant percentage, the majority of the population, isn't doing particularly well financially. And if these sanctions are harming them, as you say they are, and I don't doubt that, uh, then the, the pain is going to be felt at home and is being felt at home. But but we also have the reality, and you pointed this out, that there are corporations, large ones, banks, Deutsche Bank, uh, they're not ending their relationship with Russia. Deutsche Bank uh, uh, just decided to end their relations. Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, in the last couple of days, have uh, decided uh, to, to leave uh, Russia. So I think that there's hardly any international uh, uh, banks that are, uh, uh, to my knowledge, I'm, n- I'm aware of four significant Western banks who have not said that they are leaving uh, as yet. Uh, more than 300 well-known Western companies have uh, decided to leave. And Putin then last Thursday said, sorry, then I'm taking your assets. I'm going to confiscate them. And I think that's uh, what's likely to happen. As somebody said back in the USSR. Indeed. But this is worse. Uh, the Soviet Union was never as uh, isolated as it is now. One good example, uh, New York Times, that persisted through the Russian Revolution, through the Stalin terror, World War II, has now uh, closed its Moscow office because they can no longer guarantee the security of the staff. This is how bad it is. Before I ask you about the world's economy and what advice you would give, Dr. Aslan, would you just remind us, please, because not everybody heard your first interview with me two two weeks ago, what are the fundamentals, if we go to your book, Russia's Crony Capitalism, the fundamentals of Putin and his pals growing immensely wealthy and profiting personally from Russia's forays into international business, banking and trade, how did he structure this? How did he pull it off? Well, uh, the uh, basis of Putin's wealth is Gazprom, uh, the Russian uh, state gas company. Uh, After one and a half years in power, he took control over the company. And a few years later, he organized it so that uh, four friends of uh, his either stripped assets from uh, Gazprom, uh, all kinds of assets, and uh, made money on that or delivered uh, to Gazprom. And uh, my assessment is that uh, they made 10 to $15 billion a year on this single uh, company, which is then yeah. in, uh, the biggest gas producer in the, in the world. And then they moved the money offshore. So most of their wealth is offshore. My assessment is that Putin and his four closest uh, commercial friends from St. Petersburg have about one quarter of the trillion dollars abroad in offshores. And that money is primarily in two countries, the United States and the United Kingdom, because these are countries that have good rule of law and uh, millions of anonymous companies. That is stunning. Those numbers are absolutely numbing. Now, what would you say, what would you advise the world that opposes Putin, and we know the leaders, the political leaders, consistently talk about what they're going to do and what they want to do. Um, The talk is cheap. It's what you do that really matters. But what advice would you give them? And then part B of the question is this. What's the reality of the world economy today, given where we are? Yeah, first, uh, it's uh, sad to see the situation. I've been working for a free market economy uh, in Russia for uh, more than 30 years. 
Now it has all disappeared and is going the other way. But you have to face up to reality. So my advice today is to the West, maximum sanctions, financial sanctions, cutting off Russia from the international finance, essentially done, uh, far-reaching trade sanctions uh, going ever further every day. You can't invest in Russia any longer, withdraw uh, from Russia. Unfortunately, this turns Russia into North Korea, but uh, that's uh, where Putin has uh, taken his uh, country. Uh, The aim should be to weaken the Russian economy so that it can't afford uh, massive uh, foreign aggression uh, any longer. However sad it may say, who suffers? Everybody. But uh, what will happen to the global economy? Uh, Oil and gas prices are bound uh, to to rise. But can we stop stop halfway with the sanctions? Not really, because the sanctions today are self-reinforcing. Previously, as you said, sanctions have been uh, soft, They have not been uh, developed. People have talked about sanctions from hell time and time again, and then nothing has happened, which has undermined uh, the credibility of sanctions. But now they are really vicious, and uh, nobody can really do business with Russia any longer. The faster you leave Russia uh, as a businessman, big or small, uh, the, the smarter you are. What will happen with these assets? Undoubtedly, Putin will uh, confiscate them in one way or, or the other. Perhaps not uh, legally so, uh, because then he would have to pay uh, <clears throat> a restitution. It's better that they just fall into the hands of uh, the state as abandoned uh, assets. So this is the kind of a mess that I'm expecting. Yeah, it's terrible. So uh, oil and gas, we see when we fill up our cars uh, on a regular basis. It's getting worse and worse and worse. We also have concerns about the food supply and food security. And Russia and Ukraine are not inconsiderable in that equation. They both produce, at the best of times, they both produce a great deal of what's required. Russia produces fertilizer, and uh, and Ukraine produces a great deal of well, raw materials for food. How badly do you think the, the food security of the world is going to be affected if this continues for any appreciable time? Very bad. And you're right to focus on that. That is actually more important than uh, the oil and gas uh, crisis, although they are very important as well. So uh, Russia and Ukraine account for 30 percent of global wheat exports. They go all through the Black Sea uh, and there is no shipping uh, going through the Black Sea now because Russia has blocked it all. And it goes primarily to uh, uh, North Africa and to, uh, to the Middle East. So expect uh, food riots in countries like uh, Egypt because uh, uh, of this. The wheat price has already increased from by four times from what it used uh, to be. And it's going to rise uh, much more. Ukraine is the biggest export of corn to China. I wonder if uh, China is... Uh, Uh, ready to accept for a long time that uh, uh, Russia has blocked uh, Ukraine's export of corn uh, to China. Doesn't seem to be a very good uh, diplomatic uh, position for Russia. And uh, this is only what is available now. 
then uh, uh, will Ukraine be able to uh, sue um, this spring? I talked to the deputy head of the central bank earlier this week in Ukraine, and he said that he thought that 75% would uh, be soon. I don't think so. Uh, ever more people say now it doesn't make sense uh, to sue this uh, year. And then the third factor is what you said, uh, fertilizer. Russia is now blocking its exports of fertilizers. Russia and Belarus are major producers and exporters of uh, fertilizers. And this will hit, uh, hit the whole world. So uh, grain, corn, this will be made, uh, wheat uh, particular, will be major problem for the, uh, the global economy. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.